Welcome to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ, located in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman, and these podcasts are taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. We pray that they will bless you, and we would love for you to come visit us and make our church home, hopefully, become your church home. Here's what we have for today. So sometimes in movies or in popular media, there's a character that kind of carries a heavy burden. It might be a superhero with a secret identity that they can't share with a a particular loved one so that person can be protected from retribution should their their identity ever be revealed. Or it could be a huge character flaw that keeps a person from being able to form lasting relationships. And in the real world, you might know someone who has a serious illness that lingers and never, never quite goes away, lessening quality of life. Or someone may have a difficult, difficult home life, fighting with parents or siblings or spouses. And sometimes you might hear all of these situations and people in them described as, well, that is just a cross they have to bear. That is just their cross to bear. Have you ever heard that said about someone? Yeah. And the idea behind that is there's some type of character-defining difficulty. But bearing our cross, as biblically described, though maybe containing that idea, is a little bit deeper. It's a little bit deeper. And as we continue through this sermon and this service, the call to discipleship that we have, our, our following Jesus, is something that requires everything we are. And that is incredibly difficult but it's far more rewarding than we can possibly imagine. So what we just heard read in the Gospel of Luke, this is a couple of hard sayings at once, right? Deny yourself, take up your cross daily, follow me. And since today is the the Feast of the Holy Cross, this is incredibly appropriate. When we start to look at these verses, I, I think that, that verses, verse 23 kind of sets the stage, right? This is the saying, and then verses 24, 25, 26, they sort of explain that, or they, they are sort of, uh, not a commentary, but it, it, this is, yeah, a commentary on what's going on here in verse 23. I think verse 23 is a controlling idea. If anyone would come after me, deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So a humorous aside, I have to tell you this. So in verse 26, whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him will the son of man be ashamed when he comes with his glory. So I can't tell you how many times I heard verse 26 quoted, especially at youth group or at youth camp. You know, the the minister, whoever was leading the service would be, you're not ashamed of Jesus, are you? Are you ashamed of him at school? You better not be, or else he's going to be ashamed of you. Now wear this Christian t-shirt to class and prove you're not ashamed. It's only 10 bucks. You can buy it after the service. Wear this t-shirt. True story. I, had a, I was part of a youth group where we had, for some reason, it was like a long sleeve black t-shirt, and the, the writing was of a scripture verse, like in hot pink on the back, and I wore that to school. I wasn't ashamed of Jesus, but I did get made fun of a lot. My other favorite is, you better share this picture on Facebook to show you're not ashamed of Jesus or he's going to be ashamed of you. You better share it or else. 
So today, for all of you, to show that you're not ashamed of Jesus, if you reach under your seat, you'll have a chick tract. You have to hand that to a total stranger today, or else you're ashamed of Jesus, and he's going to be ashamed of you. That's a joke. There's nothing under your seat. Don't reach, don't reach under there. Seriously, though, there's some heavy stuff in this saying, so I think it was good to have a, a little dose of humor before we get deeper into it. Denying the self, taking up the cross, and following Jesus, this, this also shows up in the Gospel of Mark. And when we read that portion of Mark, as well as a portion from Luke, we understand that Jesus' words here are primarily understood as being about suffering and dying, witnessing to and following him. And both of these portions of Scripture begin with Jesus explaining to his followers he will have to suffer, be rejected by the religious leaders in Jerusalem, and die. And in this hard saying, he signifies how he would die, the cross. And Jesus voluntarily takes this up. And we know that the cross is an instrument of torture, a method of execution, which like most executions back then was carried out in public space for all to see. It's carried out in public in order to maximize shame upon the person being killed and to serve as a reminder to the power of Roman authority. And then he tells his followers, this is how it's going to happen for me. This is how it's going to happen for me. If you want to follow me, you want to be my disciple, this is the end result. And to their credit, all of the apostles, even though they run away, at one point they all come back, and all of them follow Jesus to the very end. Some of them were even crucified like Christ. They're all martyred for witnessing to Jesus Christ, except for uh, St. John. Jesus takes his radical call to follow him, even if it means to share in his sufferings, and then he contrasts that ideal with some others. He says that those who seek to save their life will lose it, and those who lose it will save it. This is paradoxical. And this will play out throughout Christian history. There will be those who bravely die, torn apart by animals, or burnt alive as torches. But there will also be those who, turn, who, who will turn away. There will be those who, in an effort to avoid suffering for Christ, will in turn wind up suffering on the last day. And Jesus even contrasts the cost of following him with gaining everything the world has to offer as the, to the expense of losing your soul. And the world on one level sounds like it does have something to offer. Money cannot buy happiness. But I heard a, a comedian once say, money can't buy happiness, but, happiness, but money can buy a wave runner. And I've never seen anybody ever sad on a wave runner. But what the comedian didn't mention is that buying the wave runner might make them, make them temporarily happy, but it leads ultimately to emptiness. One day you won't be able to drive the expensive car. One day you won't be able to fly first class on a private jet. One day, all of the expensive clothes and technological gear will be unusable, and you will be left at the same place everyone else is. It is only in Christ, brothers and sisters, that we are truly made alive, because only Christ can give us true life, lasting life, eternal life. And eternal life is not some disembodied floating around on clouds surrounded by angel babies wearing diapers shooting heart arrows. This is life lived in union with God as we are eternally drawn ever deeper into the source of all goodness, beauty, love, and truth. And now let's talk a little bit about, about shame. Uh, 
And thinking about shame and in the crucifixion, I was reminded of a piece of graffiti that survives from the ancient world. And you can go online and, and look this up. On this wall, I think it was on the Palatine Hill in Rome, there was a crudely drawn picture of a man on a cross. And this man on the cross had the head of a donkey. And this, some people think, might be one of the earliest depictions of, of Jesus. And the description that was carved on it wasn't, you know, I don't know, Michael was here or something like that, right? It was, it was a man on the cross with the head of a donkey, and it says, trans- like, written on there, Alex Amenos worships his God, right? Alex Amenos is a person, worships his God. This is a clear mockery of Jesus Christ, right? Because in the ancient world, it makes no sense to them to believe in and worship a God who was killed in a way that piles shame on top of shame. And then trying to use that shame to shame Alex Amenos for worshiping that type of God. But brothers and sisters, this is the God we serve and the God who calls us to follow in his footsteps. And whoever Alex Amenos was, he was being shamed for worshiping Jesus. And there are those today, brothers and sisters, that would try to shame us, to use shame as a tool. Shame is a powerful weapon in our modern era, and we see it lobbed constantly on people who think different from an increasingly secularized society. Shame can be piled on top of shame in our culture. Our faith has things to say about how we live our lives. Our faith has things to say about how we are to care for those in need. Our faith has things to say about how we express ourselves physically and our sexuality. And when our faith compels us, how that compels us to live meets with the standards of this world and our culture, we can be met with shame piled on top of shame. But you know what? That's okay. Why? Because Christ took all of that shame upon himself on the cross and freed us from the power of shame because ultimately shame is passing. But our faithfulness will see us outlast whatever temporal advantage advantage shame may have in our culture, in our society today. Theologian named Craddock, he wrote, if the crucifixion is a source of shame and embarrassment to a church that otherwise finds Jesus a fascinating hero, then that church which turns away from the Son of Man in suffering must one day face the Son of Man in final judgment. So in this text, we also have the words here to take up the cross daily. Daily. Because the gospel in St. Mark doesn't have daily. But St. Luke adds the word daily here, and I think that that means that daily taking up our cross is also death to self, our self-denial. Excuse me. And part of the path, brothers and sisters, of of self-denial is, like we heard in the anthem, is, is seeking out the lost. It is very unpopular in our culture today to see people outside of our church or the church as lost. I was, I was online the other day and a friend of mine had posted something talking about the need for people to have an encounter with Christ. And one of the people commented, well, that's nice. Well, why is your way of thinking better than anybody else's? Why do you have to proselytize or try to make them follow your version of things? Why don't you just leave people alone and let them be, let them believe what they want. Your way isn't as good. Your way is just, you know, it's just one way among many ways. Let them be happy with what they want to do. 
And brothers and sisters, part of the path of self-denial in following Christ is witnessing to Christ in a culture that continually shames him, that continually sees following Christ as an outmoded way of living. And not only are we called to to seek out the lost in the sense of of helping the less fortunate, right? We're we're also called to seek out the lost in calling people who are lost to repentance. Calling people who are outside of Christ to life in Christ. And that might bring shame on us, brothers and sisters. That might bring some persecution on us because we live in a culture that says that, yeah, being a Christian is fine. That's just one way among many ways. But as followers of Christ, we believe that Christ is the way, that Christ in, following Christ is indeed the best way to live because only in Christ do we experience life in all of its fullness, right? He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. When St. Luke's add the word daily here in regards to self-denial, it also makes us think about denying things that we want, our desires. And brothers and sisters, desire in and of itself is not bad. We were created to desire something. But living life in fulfillment of our desires, organizing and structuring our life around the pursuit and fulfillment of things that we think will make us happy will have the opposite effect. Because, brothers and sisters, the pursuit of whatever gives us pleasure or makes us happy is the highest good, is a rejection of the actual highest good. Right? And this pursuit of pleasure, this, this, this pursuit of happiness, right? This is something that has, is in our founding documents as a country, right? You know, our, you know, our rights are individual. Uh, We are all endowed by our creator with these certain rights, among them being life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But what if what we think will make us happy has the opposite effect? Right, you'll hear people all the time give others this advice. You know, don't, don't, uh, they'll say, follow your heart. Your heart will guide you. Just follow your heart. And I've I've said this to people, unfortunately, but we've all done it, right? Well, what is your heart telling you? But brothers and sisters, scripture and it reminds us over and over again that our, lie, our, our, our hearts can be wicked, right? Our hearts can be wicked, and our hearts can lead us astray. This is why telling somebody to follow their hearts is the worst advice you can ever give someone. A friend of mine, Father Andy, he once noted, we shouldn't follow our hearts, we should lead our hearts. Because, brothers and sisters, self-denial is difficult, but we're called to do it every single day. Every single day. And that is hard. That is why we need one another. That is why we need the church. That is why we need worship. That is why we need the table. This, that is why we gather. Because we understand right, that pursuit of whatever, happiness, Pleasure, desire will ultimately leave us empty and void because all of that points to something deeper. 
we were actually created for something more, which all pleasure, all desire is only a shadow of, and that is our eternal union with God. And so to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, be all glory together with the Father who is from everlasting and is all holy, good, and life-giving spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. We pray that these sermons have been a blessing to you, and we ask that you would help us out if you could. We are in desperate need of some major repairs. If you could go to a GoFundMe we've set up, gofundme.com slash Stone. If you could uh, go there and uh, donate towards uh, our needs, we would be greatly appreciative of that. Again, thank you so much for listening. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman. If you want to get a hold of me, you can reach out at malandsman at gmail.com or check us out on our Facebook page, Zionstone UCC, as well as our uh, website, zionstoneucc.com. God bless.